The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature here on the Michael Duke Show. Uh, Every Friday, we spend a couple uh, hours talking about the Second Amendment, guns, uh, gun rights, uh, the effects of everything, and uh, uh, it's all. Uh, Thank God it's Firearms Friday today, because otherwise, I would be screaming into the void i would be screaming into the radio mic i would be i'm just so uh for those of you who don't know uh totally not firearms friday related but if i don't get a little bit of it off my chest i'm gonna be just i'm gonna lose my mind um uh it's going to be uh the it's just i mean it's just a sad day the legislature yesterday and specifically house majority members fled the field of battle and decided to uh take the lucre and uh and just uh take the coin of the realm those 30 pieces of silver and wander off in the pucker brush without a fight uh as i said yesterday it it didn't even really matter uh about the money it really didn't even matter about the you know, about what, what the final budget looked like in a sense. I mean, I, we obviously want the smallest budget possible. Uh, but it was really about giving in to the intimidation extortion tactics uh, that uh, the Senate had put together. And they could have fought about it, and maybe the budget would have been about the same thing as it was, but at least they would have had the fight. But in this case, what it looks like is... The 30 pieces of silver, or in this case, $34 million that was added to the budget, was enough to sway many of the legislators into the majority, the the majority, into, into voting for this bill. They got done, they signed, they, they agreed, <clears throat> and then they all hopped on a plane and left. Um, it... Uh, I just don't even know what to say, man. I, I just, I don't even know what to say. Um, and I haven't spoke to my representative yet, Kevin McCabe, who did vote in favor of the concurrence, which, again, to me, that was part of the problem, the concurrence part. I I mean, I, I almost wouldn't even have cared if the budget cost more or if something else happened, it's just so long as they didn't give in to the scare tactics of the, of the Senate. Because that was really, again, we talked about it yesterday, that was it, setting the precedent for this behavior, rewarding this behavior. 
I haven't spoken to my representative yet because I can't form a cohesive sentence about it because I'm so, I'm just so, I'm so angry about it. So, so, so angry. I just have no words. Somebody, you know, I was, I got the text, you know, and the, and the messaging and I was watching the very end of it there. And I just, I have no words. I've got serious questions for Mike Cronk. Uh, I mean, Bryce Hedgeman, not a big surprise, although many people issued a surprise when they saw that it was Neil Foster who voted against it and Edgeman who voted for it, because normally those two are in lockstep. But I've got questions for Mike Cronk. I've, I've got questions for Delana Johnson, Kevin McCabe, uh, Tom McKay. Uh, I mean, I just, I, why? Jesse Sumner, Will Stapp, <clears throat> guys, I thought it was interesting that Suzanne Downing over at Must Read had a comment that said, this is the, how did she put it? This, <clears throat> this, the, the deals appear to be being, being made fast and furious and the problem with having a non-binding majority caucus was more evident than ever. No, what the problem was, was having, uh, people there who have a tendency to roll over and wet on themselves. Delaney Johnson was not a big surprise to me. She was one of the ones when the governor put out his first budget there that was just, <clears throat> she was the weakest link. She was the first one to really jump ship and not back up the governor on that. So that does not surprise me at all. The consummate politician. But uh, like I said, my own, Kevin McCabe, I'm, I mean, I, again, I have questions. Haven't had a chance to ask yet because I'm, no, I just didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I tried to not think about this all night because I was so agitated by it. So I'm sure Monday will be a very interesting, um, very interesting, uh, uh, discussion. <clears throat> we'll, um, we'll see what this is. We'll, we'll see what, what goes on with this. And we may have some, some questions. Those that voted against it, of course, Jamie Allard, uh, um, Ben Carpenter, Julie Colum, uh, David Eastman voted against it, Neil Foster, Mike Prax, George Rauscher, Justin Ruffridge voted against it. His comment, I thought, was one of the more interesting comments because they were like, oh, no, this is not. I mean, because they added $34 million and it was all stuff that uh, uh, all stuff that uh, these legislators wanted. But they said, well, this wasn't, we're not buying people's, we're not buying people's votes. We're not, we're not buying people's votes. The district of uh, Representative Justin Ruffridge received a $600,000 road project, but he voted against the budget. Ruffridge's comment was, I don't like being bought, frankly. And it's kind of what that felt like. Yeah. I mean, you can agree or disagree with Ruffridge, but at least he's got that one right. Dan Sadler voted against it. Laddie Shaw, Kathy Tilton. Frank Tomaszewski, uh, Sarah Vance, and Stanley Wright, they all voted against it. 14 nays, 26 yeas. (sighs) 
I just, I just, I can't. I mean, they did such a good job at standing up against this at the last minute, and then they just undid everything. In an hour, they undid it all. And the look on Andy Josephson's face as he was, as he was video, as he was uh, uh, pictured, uh, uh, snapshotted, coming right out of the legislature, just says it all. And the smarminess of the Ben Steve or the uh, uh, Gary Stevens and the Stedman's comments—it's just they—they they got exactly what they wanted. They did exactly what they wanted to do. It's the first time since 1982 that the House has. <laughs> oh my God! That the House has has agreed and confirmed the Senate vote. just have they've i mean concurrence used to be a bigger thing i understand but the conference why didn't you at least impanel the conference committee well it would have tom mckay's comment was that um um uh, not tom mckay i apologize craig johnson's comment was he was just trying to be pragmatic Thursday was the first day of the 30-day session, and he said he didn't believe that 29 more days of negotiation would result in a better deal. Um, but sometimes you've got to fight the fight for the principle. I mean, that, and Delana Johnson was like, she was she wasn't happy with the budget, but was worried about the consequences of further. What I didn't want to see was a government shutdown, and I didn't want to bring us down to the brink. Sometimes that stuff's got to happen, Delena. God love you. But you just, just, no. No, no, no. Lots of smiling faces from the big government crowd in there as they walked out of the chamber yesterday. And uh, I, I just. <sighs> so, I mean, we knew it. I mean, I think the $1,300 dividend was a pretty much a foregone conclusion. But they got the one-time increase for uh, state, uh, one-time increase for per, per student funding, uh, which you know is going to set the precedent for further on. Um, Julie Colomb has got between Jeff and Ru Justin Ruffridge, uh, Ruffridge's comment of, you know, he didn't like being bought, to Julie Colomb, who said, "I guess I can't concur with bullies and bribers. I love her so much right now." <clears throat> I mean, between her piece in Must Read, our previous interview with her, and this, she is probably one of my new favorite legislators because she's just she's just not pulling down um, uh, any punches. And uh, so, but it, you know, folks, it just you know, I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is there's only so many times I can be disappointed before it's just I'm almost numb about it, right? There's only so many times you can you can say have aspirations that people are going to try and do the right thing and everything else, um, and it, it's. I mean, I guess disheartening is the word that I have for sure. I'm glad to see that many of the minority members um, held the line and did some things, but or, you know, and, and voted against it. But, I mean. I, I I have questions. Again, I, I have many questions specifically um, 
of my own representative. Uh, I, I want to know what the justification is for it. Was it because they got an extra, uh, what was it? $4 million to take care of the Palmer library, $5 million. That 30, that $35 million that was added $3 million to help Fairbanks tear down the Polaris hotel, 5 million to rebuild the the Palmer public library after snow collapsed its roof, 5 million for a Harbor float in Dillingham and 4.75 million for water and sewer projects in Talkeetna and a bunch of different road projects. That was all it took was $35 million. I mean, 35 million, although to you and me, it's real money. In a budget that's $6 billion, $35 million almost feels like a rounding error. That was all it took? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, uh, Rauscher was a no. Did I not say that? I did say George Rauscher was a no. Um, because it was Prax, Rauscher, Ruffridge, and Sadler. They were all bunched together on the screen. But uh, anyway, uh, I um, I just I just don't I just don't even want I, I don't even know what to say. You know. So <clears throat> it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a interesting next week. Uh, speaking of which. Uh, I should make the mention now before we go to break, a little housekeeping. I will be uh, gone next Friday. Uh, I made an executive decision uh, yesterday. I don't know if it was before or after I heard what was going on, but it was close, whatever it was, that I'm taking next Friday off for a four-day weekend because I my head is going to explode. Between all this stuff going on and the other stuff that I got going on, I was like, I can't. I just need an extra. I just need an extra day. So next Friday, I will be uh, off the air, uh, and you'll have alternate uh, alternate programming. And, of course, Monday for Memorial Day, I will also be off the air. So it'll be a four-day weekend. I hope you enjoy yours more than I enjoyed my my headache last night my stupidity hangover from all the stupid the stupid is strong down there we're gonna uh, we're gonna be back I I just I I have I'm having a hard time concentrating even wanting to talk about guns at this point because I'm so angry and agitated by it but I'll try and shift gears just pray for me pray for me that i can shift gears into something different we're going to be back the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free-thinking radio Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Is it too early to start drinking? That's a question. Just saying. Is it too early 
to, I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? I mean, that just. (sighs) Politicians almost always disappoint. That is the way it, that is why it shouldn't be a career. Yeah. Shows how easily some of these people can be bought. And once you know how someone is, you can extend a trend line across their behavior, and the future is not surprising. Yep. Uh, cry over spilt milk Friday, says Brian. I mean, I'm not crying. I'm just, I'm just crazy. Um. Uh, let's see, Fairbanks is going to buy. You're not the only one. Open the phone. Harold keeps going on about opening the phone. Well, the phones are up and running. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about guns. But I suppose if somebody's really been out of shape, it wasn't like I wouldn't uh, take the call, I guess, at this point. Um, Call Bert and ask if it's okay if Kevin McCabe can call. (laughs) Kevin was on the show yesterday. I I just, I don't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. After I had a very busy day, this last week has been like 16-hour days every day, getting home at 6 and 7 o'clock at night, and I'm, I just did not have the energy to try and reach out to Kevin yesterday to ask what the actual, what is actually going on. I did not have the energy because I just didn't want to. You know, uh, just interesting. Um, uh, let's see. No, no, no. Don't cave into terror. We need a beep encore. We need a beep. <laughs> this is Sandy. We just need a beep, beep encore. Okay. Um, let's see what, uh, oh. Man, internet's crawling. Doesn't like that. Doesn't like that at all. Okay. Well, I think I'm caught up. Uh oh. Well, I'm going to back out of the studio. Let me try this again. See what we can get going on here. All right, we'll try that. Okay. Ooh. We had a hard, we had a hard bump there on the internet. They're still counting down on, uh, still counting down on, uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Boy, I hit a bump and next thing you know, the whole thing just, (laughs) that was, that was not, uh, that was not good, man. It was not good. Uh, let me join this here. Um, no, I don't want to host a meeting. I want to be part of the meeting. There we go. 
There we go. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Everything jumped apart. Yeah, you froze up. Yeah, it was like one of those things where I hit the button, I hit the beep button as a joke and everything just went ka-tunk and I lost, I had like an internet bump or something. So anyway, <clears throat> Jason says, I guess they didn't like him second guessing the legislators. Maybe, maybe. Um, we have a freeze. Okay. Is the 75 part, 75, 25 part of the, well, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Maybe not. Okay, um, welcome back to the program. It's Firearms Friday, which means I want to talk about some gun stuff. Um, I will answer one more question, though, that came out of the chat room. Jeannie asks, is the 7525 part of the budget or is it enshrined in the Constitution now? It's just part of this budget. They're trying to, uh, and I don't know if uh, this makes it statute or not. I can't, I think, I, can't, I don't know if this is a one-time deal or not. Maybe Donna can uh, clear me up in the chat room here. It's definitely not part of the Constitution. It's not enshrined in the Constitution. Um, so there you go. Um, you, can, uh, you can go through there. So thank you, Jeannie, for your question. Uh, all right, we're going to open up the phone lines today for uh, open forum, open line, open gun forum, firearms Friday discussions. I uh, want to say thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West for continuing to sponsor the program today across the state of Alaska. Uh, the whatever it is, whatever it is that you need to do, wherever it is that you need to go, uh, Satellite West can keep you connected. They've got the tools and the talent to make it happen from Little Diamy to Delta Junction, from uh, Nuiksik to Nunavut to Nikiski to Ninana, all the N-words. They've got all the stuff that you need. Go see them. SatelliteWest.com. Phone number to call right now, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Couple winners and losers this week on the, uh, no, not in the state of Alaska. We're all losers in that regard. Uh, but across the country, as far as the debates on firearms and discussion comes out, probably one of the winners and losers, one of the biggest losers is uh, the perennial prepubescent, the mental giant, the Rhodes Scholar candidate. Yes, I'm talking about David Hogg. David Hogg. Now, you'll all remember him. He's the kid who was um, who attended Parkland High School in Florida, and then has made a huge name for himself 
after the fact as an anti-gun activist. Although I did see something the other day when there was some discussion on Hogg going on was that, that now there's been stipulations that he wasn't even in school that day, even though he goes out and tells his story about how he was terrified and say, which if he was there, probably yes. But it, if he wasn't there and he's using it as a promotional tool, that just demeans all the people who were there and had to go through all that stuff. Anyway, David Hogg, the guy's a mental genius. I mean, he's just, he's so, he's so good. So the other day he posted a tweet. Uh, this is a little bit ago, but it came to my attention because I don't follow Twitter. All right. I'm sorry. I don't follow Twitter. So this tweet came to my attention here the other day. And here's what David Hogg, here's what David Hogg had to say. Again, mental Mensa member. Uh, David Hogg said, you have no right to a gun. You are not a militia. When you're talking about your Second Amendment rights, you're talking about a state's right to have what is today the National Guard. The modern interpretation of the 2A is a ridiculous fraud pushed for decades by the gun lobby. That is just a snarky. That, did I get his young zillennial snarkiness? No, he's not a zillennial. What is he? He's a, I can't even keep track of all that stuff now. He's a young punk. I, did I get that? Did I get it right? You have no right to a gun. You're not a millennial. Oh, no, wait. You're not a militia. <laughs> when you're talking about your Second Amendment rights, we're talking about a state's right to have what is today the National Guard. Um, uh, no, no, that is, no, that's not exactly, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, that's, you apparently, sir, skipped the whole reading comprehension class because that's not, that's not how it works. You have no right to a gun. You're not a militia. Let me, uh, let me roll the cameras back here for just a minute. Let me roll back the clock and head on over to the second amendment. Okay. What it says is, and I quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, that comma is so super important, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They're, they're, first, it, all right, there's so many things wrong with what this moron says. First and foremost, George Mason is quoted as saying, who is the militia? It is the whole of the people. Barring politicians, what's the actual quote? Now I'm just, George, sorry. Uh, I've used this quote before, but I never, uh, what is the militia? Uh, because it, he actually, uh, here he goes. I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. Except for few public officials. So, is the, the militia. I always wondered about that. Uh, you know, but basically, that's what he meant. The, the, the militia was everyone, the people that would be called to the common defense of the state. That is the militia. Not, uh, you know, the, the whole, I guess I should say, uh, Anyway, 
Uh, I'm so scattered today. I'm still so agitated. But the Second Amendment says that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's not about arming the militia. It is the people. And, of course, again, what is the militia? The militia is the people, except for a few public officials. And well-regulated in the terms of the, if you look back in the terms, well-regulated also uh, at the time, the word regulated could be found, it was found to be interchangeable with the word trained. So well-trained, well-taught, well-instructed, a well-regulated militia. It wasn't just about regulating, like cracking down and regulating them. Well-regulated, regulated mean trained of proper discipline. So a well-trained militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Because we need this, because we need A, that whole force part of it, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Because we need this other part, the right and duty of the people. It doesn't say it's you have to be a militia member to be able to uh, to to particular this right. But even if it did, what is the militia? The militia is the people. I mean, this kid, he has just, you know, and of course, he's using tw- the irony of this. The modern interpretation of the Second Amendment is a ridiculous fraud. Why? You don't say why. Push for decades by the gun lobby. But it's ironic that you're using Twitter Instead of the town square, if you believe in that original interpretation and that it shouldn't be anything that the founding fathers didn't dream up, they could never dream that messages would fly through the ether to be read by people halfway around the world in five seconds. So they didn't cover that in the Bill of Rights. So you're using your First Amendment right to tell us how ridiculous that the Second Amendment right is, but we should only have muskets. And I mean, the whole thing is just such an absolute ridiculous. I mean, again, this guy is a mental giant. And what he's doing now, of course, is he's um, he's making a career out of being an anti-gun crusader. That's really the whole point here. That That is really the whole point. He is making a career out of being an anti-gun crusader. Yeah, I didn't want, I'm sorry, I didn't want to... Uh, Offend millennials by calling him a millennial. I if he's he's a, he's a zillennial, he's a Gen Z, he's a, I don't know what he is. I don't even care. I don't even care. But this is the guy that's standing on the dead bodies of his classmates to forward his uh, his notoriety and his his career. He wants to be a politician. You could see it already. He's studying political science. He got accepted into Harvard. I mean, just out of the just out of the. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly, exactly, exactly it. So um, I wanted to start off. Uh, I wanted to start off with that. I also watched an interesting video this week. Um, Steven Crowder is known for putting up signs on college campus campuses that says, you know, I'm in favor of X, change my mind. I'm in favor of Y, change my mind. 
So he had a uh, he had a video that I just I caught the other day, and I don't know if it I, I failed to look to see what the date of the video was, if it was newer or older. But it was a very thought provoking conversation with a young woman, and she and he basically said, "I'm in favor of the Second Amendment, or I'm in favor of guns." Change my mind, and there was a lot of between that and Will Witt. Will Witt from Prager University also, I got fed a series of videos earlier this week uh, while I was, I don't remember what I was, I got into a rabbit hole on YouTube at one point and I was watching a series of videos and of course one feeds into the next, but there was some very interesting conversations about um, guns and the presuppositions that many of these people have and many of the kids had. And what amazed me about all of these um, about all of these videos, about all of these interactions with these young people, because these were all done pretty much on college campuses. These are people who are today, I mean, you know, they were 18 to 20-year-old, 20 21-year-olds maybe, uh, which I don't even know. What is the current generation? Can anybody tell me what the current generation is? I can't even keep track now. Are we to the iGen? We're the iPhone gen? We're the iGen? Whatever we are today. Um, But it was interesting to see the things that they brought forward and the ideas that they put forward, which had no uh, no rational basic argument behind it. It was more of a knee-jerk reaction. And I really appreciated how both Crowder and Will Witt gently, kindly brought the brought information back around to the front and said, well, this is really what's happening and this is really what's happening. I guess I should just bring the videos out and put them uh, post them up to my Facebook page or something so that you guys can watch them themselves. They did a fantastic job. But one of the things that kept coming up in both discussions was the talk about defensive gun use. Uh, and, uh, that was a very, very interesting discussion. And quite honestly is one of the thing was one of the, I think, main avenues of argument that I'm going to want to take moving forward. If I ever get a chance to really debate somebody about, uh, firearms and gun control and everything else, because the defensive gun use statistics are so blatantly, um, are so just blatantly, overwhelmingly uh, greater in number than the actual deaths by firearms and everything else, uh, even if you include suicides and those kind of things. It is astonishing when you look at the number of uh, times that a firearm has saved somebody, just the mere presence, not even not even firing a shot. And I think that's an important point. And uh, uh, Crowder used it, and I think Witt used it as well in one of his arguments. It's a, it's a, it's going to be, it's good. Anyway, we're going to. Uh, I'm sorry for the choppiness today, folks. I'm still stuck on the, uh, still stuck on the legislature's actions yesterday. I'm just about speechless over it. But we'll, uh, we'll continue here. Phone lines are open if you want to sound off, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Back with more The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio.
broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the, on the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Uh, hi, howdy, 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 hi. I am the militia. Jerica's got nothing to say. I am the militia. I am the law. I am the law. <sighs> Jerica said that's the most perverted interpretation of the Constitution I've ever heard. I mean, yeah. I mean, he'd be a perfect addition to the Alaska Senate. This guy. This guy. Yeah. David David Hogg is an actor. That is all. How do you feel, Greg? How, how, how are you feeling, Greg? Did you sleep at all last night? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm not, not that I'm reveling in somebody else's misery, but... Uh, Shared misery is so much better, my friend. So much better. Uh, would you recommend even if you don't have NFA items? I see somebody's been talking about NFA trusts in the chat room. NFA trusts are uh, have got a lot of pluses. Um, but it's uh, the biggest thing is is that uh, you can pass the. Uh, you could pass the, the you can pass the items through the trust onto your progeny without having to re-tax and restamp and do everything else uh, and get the uh, get the chance of your items being taken and destroyed after your death. Um, that's the benefit of it. And anybody who's a member of the trust can be in possession of the items. Uh, that is also another reason why it would. Uh, makes sense uh we actually had somebody on the program here about four or five years ago that talked about nfa trusts and stuff um uh, hog is wrong david hog is wrong hog is basing his arguments on the mis misery and tragedy of folks with major mental illnesses exacting vile violence to innocent people his stance is a complete displacement of addressing the root cause of gun violence mental illness work the problem don't make it work by guessing. Hog is guessing. Well, he's not even guessing at that point. He's just verbally he's just verbally vomiting. He's saying what he wants to say. Um, your YouTube rabbit hole sounded nicer than mine. The algorithm is algorithm is now pushing me Norwegian children's death metal videos. Nothing quite as confusing as seeing a dude in a foam teddy bear suit shredding the covers from Pantera for kids at six a. Anthony, 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 your algorithm is messed up, man. Um, Kevin, where are you? Says Rick. Um, Barbara, Barbara just wants me to talk about the legislative stuff and get it off my chest. Um, I don't know. Um, Yep, and our representatives will not cave into the Senate. Wait, never mind. 
Greg says, I went on a rant for a bit last night. Um, I want to hear more about NFA trust. That would be a good show. Um, I should, I should reach back out. There's, I can't remember who it was. It was an attorney that I interviewed, um, who, uh, had some expertise in NFA trusts and, uh, it was a, it was a good show. Um, it's not a cheap, uh, I mean, this is, boy, this is several years ago. And I think at the time it was still seven or $800 to set up a trust. But when you're talking about an investment in NFA items, some of which can be thousands and thousands of dollars, it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Um, Uh, James says, I guess everyone forgot that last year McCabe and Kronk put in an operating budget amendments that failed for about 400 million and 1.6 billion for rail on top of what was already a bloated budget. These guys hide in plain view. Um, you're talking, <laughs> when you're talking about Losing your guns in the river, it's time you pick them up and you, somebody, I saw somebody, I saw somebody, that's a, that's a, a version of the quote that I saw earlier today. Somebody said about when it, you know, you're talking about burying your guns. That's the, that's the old, that's the old axiomatic quote from back in the day. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, phone lines are open this morning, uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off on, well, screw it. If you want to talk about anything today, at this point, you want to talk about the guns, great. You want to talk about the legislature, I'll listen. I'll listen to you rant. Let me know. Here we go. Comp, you found what 130 through silencer shop you found an nfa truck you need to get a you need to get a local lawyer buddy uh back with more here we go the michael luke show common sense radio let's do it what the hell is an assault weapon you know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. That's uh, me. We call it that. It's got, it's because it's my, my name's on the show. That's why it's my anyway hello good morning welcome back to firearms friday um it's uh it i i was just gonna say i i am so i am so shook and uh, and not shook in the i'm scared boy but i'm just so agitated and just rank rankled by this whole thing that's a great word rankled uh i'm so rankled by this thing um, I, uh, you know, usually firearms Friday is dedicated solely to firearms, but I've opened up the phone line. So whatever you feel free to call it. You want to talk about guns? I'm here. You want to answer somebody was asking questioners about NFA trust. Um, and, uh, I, I would love to, to talk to you about that. Uh, you want to talk about the legislature? Sure. I'll listen. I'll listen. Um, I'd love to see, see that. 
And if you're like Anthony, who says he wants to talk about Ahsoka and whether or not he should be stoked for the new Jedi series, I you want to talk about that, Anthony? One of my favorite characters in the whole Star Wars universe, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, I mean, come on. Who doesn't like somebody who basically took the... Somebody who basically took Anakin Skywalker's path but did it the right way. You know? Who did it the right way. Who walked... <laughs> There's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff in that, Anthony. We can unpack that. Feel free to call in if you want to talk about it. I mean, we'll nerd out. To, I mean, I'm wearing my nerdy dad shirt today. So, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better day for that if you wanted to. Uh, but anyway, the phone lines are open at 907-433-30. Just get I'm I'm I can't wait for Willie at this point. I just want to I I want to go kick a cat, not literally. It's hyperbole, folks. Don't nobody report the video. My God. I, <laughs> we've been totally sitkin. Um, I did not know that you could make the word. I did not know that you could make uh, uh, the, the town name an actual verb. But you have. We've been sitkin. Why didn't the House fight, says Rick? Just one legislature. Can you uh, legislator? Can you call in and explain your reasoning? What were you just tired? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think some of them are probably just tired. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I did not have the heart yesterday or the bandwidth, mental bandwidth, to talk to call my representative and ask what the actual hell were you thinking, right? So, uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I, we could still talk about defensive gun use. I, can you tell that my heart is just not in it today? I mean, this is firearms Friday. This is my day, baby. This is where I could flip the microphone on it for two hours. I could just go, I could go whole hog, not be too. I could go full David hog on this thing. Um, but I no man. I'm just, Oh, all right. Well, hey, uh, somebody called in. Boy, they're a brave soul. Absolutely a brave soul. Let's see what uh, let's see what you guys have to say. 907-433-3150. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Mike. It's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Hello, Fred. How are you, my friend? What's happening in sunny R.I.? Uh, oh, oh, hanging, hanging in there. You know, the whole... The, it, First of all, you know, I'm kind of listening to what's going on over there in Alaska with the budget, and I'm sitting there thinking about the, you know, doing a comparison between the little state of Rhode Island and the big state of Alaska as far as budgets go. We got a budget that's probably approaching, probably in excess of a billion dollars over here, and you should see some of the nonsense they they managed to pass through, get through, get through the legislature, and actually get on the books as to what they pay for. I mean, they got things like. You know, illegal drug injection sites, supervised injection sites, so they don't inadvertently overdose themselves. You know, that's like about $25 million on an annual annual right. basis. Right, they got right. things like driver's licenses for illegal aliens paid for by the taxpayer. You know, they and, you know, that that's another $15, 20000000 million. So, I mean, it, and at, least some, at least some of the items, unless, unless I'm mistaken, you got some items, in there that are, you know, they're going for like water treatment plants and this and that and the other thing. I mean, and, you know, municipal projects for some of the communities up there, which it doesn't sound too bad compared to some of the 
nonsense that goes on around here. They sit there in a room full of $100 bills in front of a bonfire. They just grab, grab handfuls of bills and throw them into the fire, and they think it's a great thing. Well, as, far right. as, as far as, you know, what they, what they spend money on around here. That's right. the taxpayers. Well, Fred, this is part of the big politician's disease, right? This is the, first of all, it's the idea that somehow they know better than you how to spend your money, right? That's the whole point. Uh, and then secondly, they're, they're get confused about what is the must-haves versus the nice-to-haves. They want to put all the nice-to-haves up front. Well, they wanted both, actually. They want the must-haves plus they want the nice-to-haves. Uh, I mean, quick question for you, Fred. What kind of taxes do you guys have in Rhode Island? Do you have a personal income tax? Do you have a sales tax? Do you have both? What kind of tax structure does Rhode Island have? We have, oh, oh, we we have both. We definitely have both, and it's probably in about the thirty-seven to forty-two percent for the middle class. You know, for the middle 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 class taxpayers, it's thirty-seven to forty-two percent on an average. Thirty-seven percent in taxes combined between sales and per and, and income tax. No, no, that, that that's just the income tax part of it. You know, that well, that well, that that seems a little excessive. Forty thirty percent income tax. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, 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 my question is, why do people still live in Rhode Island? I mean, at that point, I mean that that uh, that uh, doesn't seem to make Listen. any. Go There's ahead. a reason why they call it the little estate because it has to be <laughs> it's yeah. shrinking all the time. Wow. Well, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts today? Uh, I know, uh, Fred, you normally listen for Firearms Friday stuff, although it probably was kind of interesting to get a, a snapshot of what it looked like in the state of Alaska for our for our uh, budget process. But what are your thoughts today well, on the gun stuff? What? Well, on the gun side, we have David Hogg. I'm going to bring up the issue with David Hogg. I mean, this guy, this guy has a chin horn with no brain. Got, got, probably got the IQ of a box of rocks, unfortunately, for his, for his sake. But, you know, that, that, that's the reality he lives in. And as far as his, his, his take on the Second Amendment, obviously, he's never read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. You know, I mean, I don't know what he studies, but, you know, what, what, what is up to him. And for him to get into Harvard, that, 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 that's another amazing feat in itself. Do you know, you know, he has he has no real ability on his own to do anything other than just skinhorn himself into you know beating his own beating his own drum. As far as as far as an overall aspect of things, the guys that now the only difference between David Hogg and a parrot is, is as far as the polywana cracker and being a mimicking mimicking stuff is he doesn't have feathers. That's the only difference between the two of between the two of them. Right, and the parrot has a higher IQ. I get it. I mean, I definitely get that. Uh... From David Hogg. Like I said, I mean, here's a guy who's basically saw his opportunity and he's going to make hay and he's going to, I mean, he's got 1.2 million followers on Twitter, right? So he's going to ride that fame at infamy bus down the road. And, uh, you know, anytime things start to slow down, he puts out another tweet like he just like that one did. Uh, doesn't matter how factual or not it is. It stirs up his base and gets him, you know, a little bit more notoriety he is in those circles. He's going to become a professional spokes critter for something. Well, you know, he, he, his whole take on the, you know, what he what he mentioned on the Second Amendment is the fact that, uh, you know, the only thing that the, you know, modern day interpretation of the Second Amendment is, is the states having a militia like the National Guard 
Well, but, you know, to turn that around and put that in his perspective, he's not entitled to an opinion because he's stupid. <laughs> Fred, you, my friend, get the last word for this hour. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you uh, being part of it. Thank you so much. I'll put you back on hold. Folks, we're out of time. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Hour two, dead ahead. Okay. Uh, Fred uh, was not wrong in. Uh, Fred was not wrong in part. Uh, I mean, he was wrong in part, but not wrong overall. Rhode Island's tax collections. The personal income tax does make up 37% of the overall revenue for the state. 37%. It wasn't 37% tax rate. The rate for individual income tax is between 4 and 6%, essentially. They also have a 7% corporate income tax and a 7% sales tax rate. They have no local sales taxes. They have a state income tax and a state sales tax. Plus excise taxes and everything else but between the sales and the income tax that makes up almost 70% of their overall budget why would anybody live in Rhode Island for that reason alone why would anybody live in Rhode Island that's my that's my question uh okay um let me go back over here see what you guys have got going on uh, I still want to talk about Ahsoka. Okay. Um, why didn't the house fight? Says Rick. Why didn't the house fight? Just one legislator can call in and explain your reasoning. Were you, were you just tired? Rick, they, no, Rick. They were sick of the same clothes. They were sick of the same clothes. This is day... I don't know what the heck day it is, Madam President. It's day a lot. And we're all tired. And it is time to get a new perspective. This fishbowl and air is very stale. My clothes, I'm so sick of them, I don't want to wear them anymore. That's it. They were just so sick of their clothes, they didn't want to wear them anymore. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, oh, I hate it when I'm, I hate it when I'm not in the groove on this because, oh, it just feels so painful. Usually it's just so smooth and I can run from one subject to the next. And this morning I, oh, Ugh. okay. Well, uh. Oh, does the ATF now have new guidelines for gun trust regulations? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any changes to the NFA or to the gun trust. But again, I am not. Um, it's not something that I pay close attention to right now. I don't personally don't have any NFA items um, for good reason. Uh, and uh, I just, you know, because. Uh, no, I'm just not even going to, I'm not even going to step my toe in that arena, uh, for, uh, trust me, there were a few years there when I was getting word from people who were said the ATF was listening to the firearms Friday show because I was railing on them so hard 
They were looking for any excuse to come knock at my door. Definitely did not want to have an NFA item to be able to. No, not interested. Um, Dukes, you have that brave. This is James. Dukes, you have that Braveheart look when he was betrayed on the field. Ah, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like, I mean, I thought that, you know, we were going to be looking at at least a conference committee. At least a conference committee. Not that I'm saying, you know, uh, I, not that I'm saying that uh, I expected that they would win and be victorious and be able to vanquish the whole Senate plan, but at least they would set the precedent of having their own conference committee and not just go for concurrence based on the hostage-taking behavior of the of the Senate. I just, I just don't, I not, yeah, just not sure. Timothy is speaking my thoughts. This is why he says, and I'm not sure I would buy any NFA items that put you on another list. I mean, not like I'm, I mean, like personally, I'm not on another list already because I'm so outspoken about this stuff. Like I said, I literally had people who worked in, in that arena say, you know, the guys at the ATF office, they're listening to your show every Friday and they're waiting for you to, you know, they're just, they're mad. Oh, okay. Well, good. Uh. Jeffrey says he's bummed by the discussion today because he said Firearms Friday is my reprieve from the madness in judo. I'm sorry, Jeffrey. I'm trying to get into the groove here, man, but I'm just having a hard time. Just having a hard time. Um, But, uh, yeah. Uh, we are still in the political minority. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Oh. Sorry, Jeffrey. I feel bad. I feel bad, man. Hashtag feels bad, man. What else you guys want to talk about? Feel free to call in. Let's uh, let's talk about some gun stuff if you want. We'll talk about uh, it's up to done left me. Maybe it's time to retool the whole who's your daddy thing. Who's your daddy? Oh, Bert Stedman. Oh, he's my daddy. Bert Stedman, he tells me what to do and what to think. I like it. Um, all right, let's uh, let me go over here. Uh, I got one call on hold. Let me figure out who that what their name is because we're about we're just about to rejump uh, rejoin on the radio here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Bonnie North Pole. All right, Bonnie, hold the line. You're going to be first up in the queue. We're just about to rejoin the radio. We got to get through the theme music and everything else. So don't, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Let's uh, let's get this going on here. Uh, Myers had a great analogy for it all. What was his analogy, Melissa? That's what was the concurrence vote unanimous? No, the concurrence vote was not unanimous. Fourteen members of the majority voted against it. All right. Uh, here we go. Getting ready. You know, we're getting ready to jump back into it. Here we go. Which part is memeable? I want to know what's memeable, Barbara. Tell me. Here we go. Whoa, buddy.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. It's my rifle, it's my gun, it's for fighting, it's for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. I'm trying to get back into the Firearms Friday spirit. It's almost like the Christmas spirit, but not quite as good. Uh, but I am being so overwhelmed by thoughts and feelings about what happened in the legislature yesterday. I'm having a hard time. So fair warning if you're just joining me on the show today. This is normally my day, my weekly therapy session where I get a chance to, you know, kind of sound off on an important issue and talk about guns. But uh, about half the conversation today has been cons- has been consumed by the the betrayal of the, you know, this only worked if the house majority stood strong together. This only worked if it stood strong. Um, and I just don't, I just can't fathom it. Right. I mean, I just can't fathom it. Uh, we got some phone calls. Phone lines are open. And I said, normally Firearms Friday is dedicated just to gun talk, but I said, whatever you want to talk about today, I will, <laughs> I will allow it. Uh, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's go over Bonnie's from North Pole, and she is on the line right now. Bonnie, what's on your mind? Oh, well, how, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Well, I would like to talk about the most entertaining thing I saw on television. I paid for the plane to fly Miss Patola, uh, I'm sorry, Miss Jill Biden, to fly here and be in Bethel, Alaska with Miss Mary Patola. Now, Miss Jill Biden could care less about Bethel, Alaska. What a dog and pony show. I thought I was going to, you know what? My goodness, I, boy, if that wasn't a publicity stunt or what. Well, are you surprised? I mean, this is the pol- that's bread and butter for politicians, Bonnie. They fly to everywhere. They shake babies and kiss hands. I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> oh, my. And the, they had those people so hoodwinked, this lady, uh, I, God bless her, say, oh, she was <laughs> so wonderful and she really cares about us. And I thought to myself, no. <laughs> They don't care about Alaska, she, but they she, do Alaska. She really cares about us. Oh, she showed up. She really cares about us. Yeah, uh-huh. that's like saying the mugger oh really cares God. about you because the mugger showed up. A part of that pissed me off. I get to pay for a special plane to fly that 
you know what up here to Alaska? Mm. It pissed me off, so there I've said what I wanted to say. <laughs> well, Bonnie, normally you're just so giggly and happily. I could just see that today was not a good day. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> I appreciate appreciate you. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you. <laughs> you. Wow. I mean, you know, she just cares about us so much. That's why she showed up. Uh, I mean, what? What? Uh, yeah. Oh, see, now they're talking about in the in the chat room that we should get Bert's My Daddy t-shirts with a walrus mustache. That's what it should be. It's like a walrus mustache. Hashtag Bert's My Daddy. You know, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, um... <laughs> Oh, this is such a hot mess today. Such an absolute hot mess. But that's what more could you expect from a low budget radio show? Um, all right. So I was just going to jump into defensive gun use stuff, but uh, somebody else just called in. So we got another phone call. Phone lines are open, folks. At this point, we have lost total control of everything. So feel free to just call in. And if you, you know, if you're, uh, I mean, Greg, if you want to call in and give us your thoughts and keep it PG-13, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, if anybody wants to call in and talk about this, if Kevin McCabe wants to call in and explain to us exactly why he voted the way he voted, I would love that. I mean, based on what we our discussion yesterday, I did not expect that at all. Maybe there's a rational explanation? Question mark? Mm, maybe? I... Boy, it better be a good one. That's all I'm saying. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Wayne. I'm calling from Seward. Hello, Wayne and Seward. What's happening down there in the beautiful in the beautiful sound area? What's going on? Well, I'm actually calling because I just want to put a notice out to everybody in our community that uh, every man of courage should show up at our public library on June 10th to stand arm in arm in resolute opposition to the sexualization of our children and the drag queen story hour that they're having. I just want our community to be aware of it and people to stand in peaceful opposition to this atrocity. They're having a drag. They're that's having the really drag. all I have today. They're I having the show and I appreciate the time. They're Thank having you. the drag queen story hour on June the 10th. Is that what you're saying? They're going to, they're going to come in and read to the young little minds yeah. full of mush. Yes, they are. And although, you know, I agree that they're that they have a right they're allowed to, just because you're allowed to do something doesn't mean you should. Well and I just can't for the life of me fathom what a grown man dressing like a woman has a need to read the kids for. I just I can't understand it. <laughs> I just wanna know if you could suggest that maybe uh, an armed citizen or maybe a local militia member could go in there and read story hours of the founding fathers. Would that be acceptable if we did that? If, uh, if we went it, in there, did, did that? It, it, it is. And in fact, our local church is working on, um, putting together our own story hour, hopefully in opposition to this, um, or, or some other type of activity to kind of push back. Um, yeah. but yes, yeah, so anybody can rent the space. But again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess if I was in Seward, I wouldn't be sending my kids to that. But uh, good, for, good for you guys. All right, June 10th. There you go. June 10th. All right, thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling from Seward this morning. All right, uh, that leaves the phone lines open, 907-433-30. Goodbye. Whoa, I didn't want to do that. I did. I, that was the wrong thing to do. Let me go back over here. I pushed the wrong button. Now, I told you this show this morning is a hot mess. 907-433-3150. I got to just just join the meeting. That'll be fine. Okay. Uh all right. So phone lines are open whatever you want to talk about. Let's let let's talk about um oh, I'm trying so hard here. Let's talk about defensive gun use. Let's talk about uh defensive gun use. Uh, which is, I think, an important component of, uh, yes, the AR-15 story hour. Oh, that would be good. Maybe. Oh, by the way, uh, for those of you who are fans of B.J. Campbell, who writes hand-waving freak outery, um, I was able to get a hold of him, and we're going to have him on the program uh, maybe two weeks from today. That would be a good thing. Um, I mean, that that is awesome so that's going to be good stuff um <clears throat> uh david in the chat room this is a gun question so we'll answer this gun question before we get into because i don't know if i've got enough time before the break to get into my whole defensive gun use argument um david in the chat room says can we talk guns for a second well it is firearms friday and i know this is unusual and i apologize how does someone decide how much an m1 garand is worth historically accurate there's just so many available and so much information to digest looking for something that shoots well is historically accurate, but don't want to spend several thousand and end up with something that's not legit. Well, that's a good that's a good question, David. Uh, I'm no expert on World War II uh, collectible firearms. Um, I know that at one point I had a Garand that I ended up with in a trade of some kind. I kind of regret it because I should have kept it, but... Um, uh, at the time, um, I was making some changes and I decided to sell it and I sold it for, I think I sold it for about seven or 800 bucks, if I remember correctly. Um, but it was, to my knowledge, historically accurate, uh, had the proper markings and everything else. Um, you know, I would probably, uh, I would probably consult with somebody who is, very versed in collectible, not just World War II, but collectible firearms. Uh, I will say that Jeffrey Morgan at Morgan's House of Guns in North Pole is a guy that does a lot of that kind of stuff. He's very much into the research. Um, uh, so Jeffrey Morgan, Morgan House of Guns out in North Pole. David, you may want to give him a call and ask him some questions. There is a lot of information. I mean, I guess the the bottom line is, is Get as much information as you can if you're looking for something that's historically accurate. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are there are a lot of M1 Garands out there. You don't have to spend a few thousand dollars unless you're looking for something that specifically was in a specific battle or in a specific theater of war or whatever. Uh, but Garands are pretty uh, still pretty common for what uh, for what they had out there. Uh, all right, let's go back over one more phone call before we run out of daylight for this segment. We'll see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I'm sorry. I apologize, caller. Uh, go ahead. 
Go ahead, Jason. You, say you were agitated, and I, I sent you a uh, Devo song of that same name that I help you get the feeling out and deal with it. <laughs> and second, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one. And secondly, you, you know, you've spoken about an Irish democracy. It appears we have an Irish legislature now, don't we? Ah, we might. It's an Irish legislature. That's why they just don't believe in the rule of law. They'll do whatever they want. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the, the, this is the, here's the problem, uh, Jason. Everything that just took place, everything that just happened over the course of this whole last legislative session, including this one day special session, gives people who are paying attention. The average citizen may not understand this, may not get, but people who are paying attention, it just makes them that much more distrustful and discouraged and disappointed with government. And yes, it takes one more step towards creating that whole idea of the Irish democracy where the rule of law means almost nothing. I mean, when you've got a legislature that ignores the rule of law in statute and initiative, ignores their own rules and procedures to do exactly what they want, that is a dangerous tipping point. It really, really is, because then people are like, well, you know, that it just doesn't matter. Whether, you know, it's like, whose line is it anyway, where the rules are made up and the points don't count? That's where we're at. They're just making stuff up as they go along. You're 100% right. It's a, it's a true problem, Jason. It's like we're living in two separate universes that don't overlap at all. Well, sure. And just one last thing, and I'll get off the line here. Enjoy the three books on food security that are coming your way. Oh. I had them sent to you. They should be there in a few days. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're going to have more discussions on food security. That uh, interview with Andrew Jensen last week was uh, it was unsatisfying. It just didn't go deep enough. It was very much an overview, and we mu- we need a much deeper dive into that whole idea. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I look- found out I found out that we can uh, produce that we can replicate the space colony agricultural modules without using any external power at all, only sunlight and some cleverly arranged mirrors. We can grow any crop from any from any climate zone. Any time of the year, if we could even grow bananas in the middle of the winter, if we want to, using ordinary wooden buildings and uh, aluminized mylar or kept on plastic film, and the, that's those three books on space colonies that go into the agriculture quite deeply that I think might be helpful to you. I'm interested. I mean, because, again, as you and I have talked about, the application of the same principles that would be utilized in some kind of uh, Mars colony or something like that can be utilized in uh, Arctic environments and other places. So, yeah, no, I think it's an interesting discussion. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. And You're welcome. Enjoy. Have a good week. You bet. You bet. All right. Well, that brings us up to the next break. Um, and uh, I got bills to pay. Got bills to pay. So we're going to do that. And we'll be back. The Michael, Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Don't forget, Willie Waffles joining us at the end of the show today. I can't wait, quite personally. I'm, I'm ready for it. We'll see you here in just a moment. the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like america used to be 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, oh, hey, uh, is Jamie Allard in the chat room? Donna just said hi to Jamie. I can't see everybody that's in. It's one of the downfalls to this whole system here, even on Facebook. Even when I was broadcasting only on Facebook, I couldn't always see when people would join. So if Jamie's in there, hi, Jamie. Thank you for your vote to not concur yesterday. I can't tell you how appreciative of uh, of that I am and how disappointed I am that my legislator decided that that my representative decided that he needed to vote for. I don't know. I just don't. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who's asking who voted what and when, well, read it and weep, my friends, right there. Read it and weep. So the no's were Allard, Carpenter, Colum, Eastman, Foster, Prax, Rauscher, Ruffridge, Sadler, Shaw, Tilton, Tomaszewski, Vance, and Wright. The ones that just kind of in my face, kind of staring at me, making me scratch my head, were Cronk and McCabe and McKay. Then you add to that Delana Johnson, not that surprising, quite honestly, uh, Will Stapp, and Jesse Sumner. I just, I just don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Eastman, not a surprise. Delana Johnson, really not that much of a surprise. Um, Pat Katak, I didn't think he was going to vote that way, but he did. So anyway, that's what it looked like from yesterday. All right. Um, thank you. I, yes, I'd like historically accurate, but not a safe queen. Would want to be able to shoot it regularly. Um, oh, man, guess who has a whole bag of M-Block clips? Um, who voted for Craig Johnson anyway? He gave up at the vote of a hat. Yep. Uh, uh, Sa Sandy says the AR-15 story hour. Yeah, I know. What about... Uh, what about, uh, how about, a, this is what Lisa uh, and Gary said, how about a gun safety hour with the kids? Sure. Why not bring them in there and bring them in for gun safety courses at the library? I mean, oh, we can't have guns in the library, but we can have drag queens. It's fine. I mean, I, it's their right to do it. I, I don't have a problem with that. But let me come in and offer a counter. That's what I'm saying. Gary says he's leaving. He says, this state is a lost cause. I'm retiring and taking my 35 years of retirement income out of Alaska. I mean, I think there's been a lot of people who've done that, Gary. It's unfortunate, but that's what it is. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, more training, more training. Um, Fairbanks. Oh, that's true. Thank you, Gary. Uh, fair, uh, I forgot about wood and iron in Fairbanks. They specialize in um, military firearms, so they probably have some uh, <clears throat> wood and iron. Uh, they probably have some stuff over there as well. Um, it go? We're growing bananas in Alaska now? Well, that call went south. No, he was talking about the technology. Yeah, never mind, Harold. He was talking about the technology of something else. 
Um, I enjoy the Have Fallen series of movies. Um, the Have Fallen. What do you think of Mike Banning's Gerard Butler's firearms handling? It's been a while. You're talking about the Olympus has fallen and all those kind of things. Um, I would say I don't. It doesn't stand right out to me because a lot of times I'll call out bad gun handling. Um, I would say again, some of the best gun handling you're ever going to see is in movies like John Wick. Collateral was another one that had great gun handling. Um, there's a few. Oh, gotta go. Uh, all right, we're about to jump back into it. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Um, but yeah, I, there's one thing that blows my mind. It's bad gun handling in movies, uh, Jim. Uh, and I, I don't remember that one sticking out, so uh, maybe I'll have to do a rewatch this weekend. Here we go. Jumping back into it. Let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Huh. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Who's your daddy? Well, apparently for some people, your daddy is Bert Stedman. Who, who's who's your daddy? Might be might be Daddy Bert. Tell me what to do, Daddy. Tell me what. Tell me how. Give me your wisdom and tell me how you know better than I that uh, you how to do everything. Tell me, Daddy Bert, that's how it is. That was just BS. I'm sorry, Daddy. I did not mean it. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Anyway, welcome back to the program. <laughs> the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. <laughs> One final. <sighs> this thing has gone downhill from the very beginning this morning. Um. Uh, just, just, I can't even, I can't even stay on track. I can't even stay on target for, uh, for, uh, uh, for firearms Friday. It's very disappointing. Very, you know what this proves? It just proves that next week, because I'm going to be off on Friday because I'm taking a four day weekend for Memorial day weekend. So I'll be off Friday and the following Monday. Uh, it just proves that we're going to have to have a firearms Thursday next week. Right, because I gotta talk. I mean, we gotta get back on track. We gotta get back on track. Um, we uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna in, enjoy it. That's that's what it's all gonna come down to. And maybe we can get um, uh, maybe we can uh, get some more answers this next week out of uh, some of our legislators as to why. Why, why, why they did what they did. I, I, I have nothing, I have nothing else to offer on that topic, but that's, that's, that's where you, where you gotta go. Um, all right. So defense, defensive gun use. Let me, let me go back to that. I've been trying to get to this topic for almost an hour. If you're going to have an argument with people who are all about banning guns and they say, you know, oh, the, 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 you know, that they, the people die and the, and the rates are climbing and it's all horrible and it's all bad and guns need to go because guns are the problem. 
Um, I would point out two very specific statistics. The first thing I'd ask them to do is ask them to quantify, basically say, do, do you know how many people in the country are killed on average every year with firearms? Now, a country of 330 million people, how many people die every year from firearms? If they give you somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 37,000 people die, that's about right, depending on the year and the statistics and, and which one you're drawing from. About 37,000. That, by the way, also includes suicides, though. So you'll want to point out that say, well, yes, that's probably right, but it also that includes suicides. So do you know how many people um, do we know how many people? Uh, actually were murdered, homicides. Take suicides out because people who commit suicide are more likely to commit suicide no matter what the tool they use. Maybe a gun is easier and faster, but in the long run, they're, they're mentally ill and they, they're dealing with that. So, you know, do you know how many people? Um, if they answer somewhere between about twelve and 15,000, they'd be about right. Twelve and 15,000 people per year murdered with firearms in a homicide. None justifiable, not a shootout, not self-defense, just flat out murdered. Okay, so 12 to 50, let's take the tie, 15,000 people a year. First of all, I'd like to point out the statistical or the numerical, uh, you know, 330 million, 15,000 people. That's a pretty minute number. Each and every one of them individually is tragedy, don't get me wrong. But as a number, it's, you know. Then ask him the question, do you know how many times a firearm has been used in defense of a person to stop a crime being committed? They will probably answer that they have no idea. You know, 15,000 people murdered in the country. How many times do you think a gun, which, I mean, obviously these are homicides with firearms. How many times do you think a gun has been used to actually protect people? And they have, they really have no answer, uh, generally speaking. They may take a guess, but I guarantee you it will be woefully low. There have been studies done by this from a variety of outlets. Uh, I will tell you that the smallest number that has been proffered came from the Harvard, uh, came from Harvard. Uh, one of their school, one of their schools there did a study. Uh, this is probably five, six, seven years ago, and they estimated that there were about 90,000 defensive gun uses per year. So that's the lowest number that you can come up with. The CDC says that it's somewhere between 500,000 and 2.7 million defensive gun uses per year. That's the CDC. That's a you know thing you can trust. But even if you took the lowest at 90,000, you got 15,000 people murdered, but 90,000 people are saved from being victims. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you still stand behind your idea that all guns are bad and must be stopped and must be taken away? 90,000. I mean, you are literally talking about, uh, what is that, eight times the number of people? are saved than are killed 
That's at the 90,000 mark. If you go to the 500,000 or to the million or the 2.7 million times, how in the world can you endorse gun control? Do you just want those people to be victims? Is that the whole point? This is an argument, by the way. I mean, this is an argument that you can have with your friends and and people who are not part of the gun culture because these are hard facts and statistics that they cannot refute. Again, using just the lowest number from the Harvard, it wasn't Harvard Business School. I can't remember what the name of the, I can't remember what the division of Harvard, but it came out of Harvard. Defensive gun use in Harvard. 90,000 people saved and prevented from being victimized by the presence of, and most of those, by the way, these are not shootings. Most of the time, a defensive gun use is the mere presence or presentation or presentment of the firearm stops the crime. So Harvard says 90,000 DGUs a year. The CDC says 500,000 to 2.7 million per year. Do you really care about people? Do you really want those other, you know, in the 90,000 case, do you really want those other 75,000 people to be victimized? That's the question. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. And again, yes, stop lumping in the suicides with the, with the homicides. Stop conflating it. 37, 36, 37,000 firearms death a year. That includes 67% of those are suicides. 100,000 drug overdoses each year, says Rick. You don't hear much about that. I mean, it's not as sexy an argument, I guess. It's not as, it's not the the soup du jour, the argument du jour for the day. Everybody's got to be woke enough to talk about how bad and evil guns are, but guns in the hands of good people protect. Again, 15,000 homicides in a country of 330 million people, in a country with 400 million guns. That tells me that it is a small, small, small slice of the population doing these bad things. So shouldn't we be, shouldn't we be protecting the lawful law-abiding citizens and only punishing the bad guys? Or should we just punish everybody because of the act of less than 1% of the overall population? Tell me how that works. All right. Willie Waffles coming up. We got more we got more to do. The Michael Duke show. Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All right, uh, David, um, I'm scrolling backwards here. Um, Tennessee is viable. We left before winter and moved to Tennessee, said David. I had some friends. I've had a couple different friends, in fact, that have moved to Tennessee. They found a significant chunk of land for a very reasonable price. They bought a house for 
about two-thirds of what they got for their house in Fairbanks, and it was probably 50% larger than their house in Fairbanks. Uh, Tennessee was a beautiful, and it was a beautiful area, absolutely beautiful. Um, he says cost of living is half, sometimes more, of what it is in Alaska. Elbow room, similar sense of community, but everybody tends to mind their business. If you need help, it's like Alaska. Everybody very willing to help out. Nice little towns. Infrastructure's good. Weather's been amazing. Yeah. Well, it, uh, you know, again, there are nice places out there. Um, You know, there are nice places out there in the lower 48, but, I mean, what what are you going to do? What are you, you know, what are you going to do? Virtually no crime there. The local sheriffs are on top of things. The court system doesn't seem to mess around. Um, didn't the CDC kill that study under pressure from the anti-fun lobby? Maybe. I, I don't remember, but that study, the numbers are out there. They were out there. Once it's out there, there you go. Oh, thank you, Greg. David, uh, Greg mentions the... CMP, it's a great place to get an M1 grand. They have a program for that, the Civilian Marksmanship Program. They had a they have a program to get grands because they've got uh, again a mazillion of them. Um McCabe said yesterday that on this show that he wanted to see if the snow machine money was in the budget to come into his district. Here's a quote from him a few years ago when he was trying to double down the snow machine tax. The snow track program and the way it is administered has been a benefit to many of us. I use the trails around Big Lake. I'm 63 years old and ride a big, comfortable sled. Having groomed trails means the world to me. Uh, he did mention that he wanted to check the budget to make sure that the monies for those things were going to the right programs. You're not wrong. Um, uh, hello, Alaskan Outlaw. Hello, sir. Did you check out my Twitch channel, my other Twitch channel? I'll be starting tonight at 8 p.m. You'll want to go check that out. Um, let's see. UCRs. I don't know what Jeannie is commenting on. UCRs. I don't know. Um, let, me, uh, let me do this right here. Um, uh, can't talk and type at the same time. It's a curse, bam. It is a curse, baby. Um, there you go. Um, okay. Where are we? Oh, I can't do that. It doesn't like that. Um, uh, I tried to give it to the thing. Uh, just, uh, uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, or I have too many restrictions. There you go. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> off topic about food security, does the idea involve state subsidized farming? If yes, I would have to object. I think from the state standpoint, when it comes to food security, that's it's in some part what they're maybe not subsidizing, but creating some, there's always government going to be involved in some of that stuff. Um, but food security, from my point of view, has nothing to do with the government in that, in that regard. What can we do as citizens, I think, is the bigger question. That's what we need to be talking about. So that's where I'm going on that. Uh, but yeah, Timothy, I, I agree. We've already seen enough boondoggles in this state with the state trying to do all that kind of stuff. Oh, uniform crime reports. Thank you, UCR. Got it. Um, so uh, 
But yes, Timothy, when we talk about it, it will be more from the citizen aspect of it, not from the government aspect of food security. Arkansas is another nice option if one wants to move. My in-laws moved to Arkansas. They loved it down there. Although the heat, oof, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, man. <sighs> All right. Well, we're less than 60 seconds out here. We're waiting for Willie to uh, jump in. Let me... Uh, let me change up the mood. Oh, it went from, yeah, I was, I was cool. And then I was hot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Changing up the mood, uh, ready to go. We're going to be joined in by Willie. Tennessee is proof that a state can govern well. No one can tax small state governments, says Donna. I mean, that would be my choice if I was forced to move somewhere out there. That'd be the thing that I would be doing. Uh, all right. We're getting ready to go. Uh, we got to jump uh, into this with uh, both feet. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking, eight hey, buzz, buzz. There it goes. We're ready to go. Let's do this thing. A little bit of entertainment. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Okay, it's the weekend. So excited. So excited. It's going to be great. I can't, I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to. All right. Uh, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com does the honors every thir- uh, every Friday, Thursday, fr- well, every Wednesday, every day of the week. He does the honors. Uh, today, he brings us the entertainment news and streaming stuff and all that kind of things, all that jazz. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. I'm doing fine. I mean, come on, this is going to be a big weekend. It's going to be a huge movie weekend. A huge. The kind of weekend that, oh, yeah, cinemas have not seen this kind of weekend in a long time. All right. Well, good. Well, let's get to the, uh, we'll get to the, uh, the movie news here in a second. Let's start off with the entertainment stuff and the streams. Uh, Hulu and Disney Plus, smash them together, put them in a blender. What do you get? You get a more expensive service. No. <laughs> you know, Probably. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But, yes, it was announced that by the end of 2023, Disney Plus and Hulu will be merging. There are, there are lots of rumors that Disney is going to be buying a major portion of Hulu. And uh, it, as this is uh, kind of developing, the, the Mouse House said, yeah, uh, you're going to be able to watch Hulu programming on Disney Plus by the end of 2023. Now, if you only want Hulu, you can you can you can still have only Hulu. If you only want Disney Plus, well, you can still have only Disney Plus. But they're going to have a new combined Disney Plus Hulu that will be ad driven. So essentially, if you want no commercials, buy them separate. If you want to put up with the ads. We got a solution for you. Yeah. Oh, and the uh, the the non-commercial ones are probably going up in price by the end of the year. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. Pretty yeah. soon, <laughs> pretty soon you'll be paying exactly what you were paying for cable. I mean, it's just going to be. I, yeah. I feel like I already am. Yeah, I well, really do. Up here in Alaska, there's not as much. I mean, I was paying a hundred and just for the channels, like all a cart that I wanted. I didn't have sports. I didn't have all this other kind of jazz. I didn't have HBO. Everything else, I was paying a hundred and twenty-five or hundred and thirty bucks a month before I cut yeah. the cable. Uh, back when Netflix first started streaming, 
and uh, I'm not. I'm paying less than half that right now, so I'm okay with that. I'm still Good. okay with it. But yeah, it'll be interesting. And Disney didn't used to have a lot of stuff on it, but they've been slowly peppering it with like old ABC. I've been watching Alias on there, which is an old ABC show. Um, and so they're starting to pepper it with, so they're populating it more and more now. So maybe this is, uh, maybe this is good for them. Well, I think it could be good for them. I mean, I, I think that the, the thing that, that I think is, has been hurting Disney plus is that it's known as the Marvel streaming operation or the star Wars streaming operation. And, you know, and that's very lucrative, but those are, those are finite products. And and they need to start putting out new things that attract other audiences. So you know, kind of kind of getting in uh, some new series that's hot and exciting, like right, Netflix right. would have, or you know, something along those lines. I think that's really been their weakness. Um, they've had some fun family fair series. I think they've they've been successful there, but um, they haven't been greatly successful kind of outside of the Marvel. And in Star Wars right, business, I right. don't think. Meanwhile, Hulu has like only murders in the building and some other things. The Handmaiden's Tale, they were really driving some of that. So we'll see. Oh, oh, oh. And only murders in the building premiering August 8th, the new season. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to get caught yeah, that up. Came, that came out. That came out yesterday. I forgot to put it on the list. But yes. Yeah. This is going to be only, only murders in the building with guest stars Paul Rudd. And Meryl Streep oh, wow. in season three. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah. That should be fun. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to Johnny Depp. Um, I mean, no, <laughs> nobody really wants to smell like Johnny Depp because it's well known that this is a guy that he likes patchouli, doesn't take showers. He likes the ode de musk or whatever. I mean, you know. Uh, but he has signed a deal with uh, one of the big uh, perfume uh, uh, cologne companies to make it happen, I guess, huh? Yeah, he, he is continuing his deal with Dior. And uh, yeah, he will continue to be like a spokesman for the big fragrance giant. And here's the price, baby. 20 million plus yeah deal 20 million dollars and it's the only company that stuck with him through all the baseless crazy accusations right yeah yeah i mean they have i mean he really started working with them in 2015 and uh you know that that's when those those savage commercials came out Uh, i think everybody remembers those and uh yeah through through all the stuff with amber hurt they stuck by him uh they've they've stuck by him uh as his life has fallen apart as he's been embarrassed as he's been sued and uh, and now they're up in the ante as it looks like Johnny Depp is trying to mount a comeback. Yeah, and and it really did it really did start this week. Uh, he's got a movie that was premiering over at the uh, the Cannes Film Festival. It kicked and, off. Uh, it he, kicked off Cannes. I mean, it was the yeah. first movie shown, <laughs> which was I mean, so, you know, yeah, yeah. He's trying. He's trying. And and it looks like uh, he 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 may have uh, let's just say met. That infamous uh, CNBC reporter who just uh, ended up leaving CNBC after it was a, it was revealed that she's been having relationships with all sorts of people at the at the network. Uh. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know she's a business reporter who was dating the heads of companies that she was covering. Oh, that was not that yeah. that didn't go yeah. over well. Oh, yeah. Then there was there was a whole thing with her and the boss and 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 uh, how he may have reacted to their breaking up and uh, yeah. So you know. 
Things are really interesting in Johnny Depp's life right now. <laughs> I guess it's crazy. Uh, it's this, crazy. This, this is a show that my wife watches. I don't think I've ever sat through a full episode of it, but it's The Voice. It's pretty popular. It's got Blake Sheldon, Gwen Stefani, Usher. Um, no, John uh, John Legend. Sorry, not Usher. Um, and a bunch of other folks on it. But uh, Blake Sheldon is retiring as a judge, and somebody's coming to replace him. That's right, because, you know, we do have the the country seat that Blake Shelton is giving up. And if you're going to pull in somebody to take over for Blake Shelton, it better be somebody who's big in country, somebody who knows what they're talking about, somebody who has survived all the ups and the downs, someone who knows how to handle celebrity, someone who knows how to make you a celebrity. He is being replaced by Reba McIntyre. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a big, that's yeah, a big Yeah, I thought that was yeah. a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah, big deal. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty okay. big deal. Yeah. She's been on the show before. Yeah. She was a mega mentor this season. You know, I guess they liked what she did. Maybe she liked them. It was kind of like a little tryout and uh, things went well. And now she's got the big seat for the next season as Blake Shelton rides his horse off into the sunset. Yeah, like he needed the money. Uh, anyway, <laughs> good, good, good stuff. Uh, finally, uh, let's see. Jamie Foxx, is he, is he sick? Is he, is he in treatment? Is he recover? I mean, what's going on with Jamie Foxx? Yeah, this has been a wild, wild story, and, and it just seems to be getting weirder. So, you know, he was hospitalized back on April 12th. He had what they, they called an undefined medical complication. And, and since then, everybody's been wondering, like, what's the deal? He had to step aside as host of his uh, his uh, TV show, Beats Shazam. That, that's going to be hosted by Nick Cannon over the summer rather than by him. And then, like, a couple of days ago, his daughter said, oh, Dad's been home. He's been home for weeks. He was playing pickleball the other day. Yeah, well, you know what happened uh, yesterday? No, whatever. There were pictures There were pictures of her in Chicago outside of a very, very well-known medical center that's known for treating strokes and brain injuries and uh, cancer. And uh, TMZ had earlier this week said that's where Jamie Foxx really is. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so... You know, he, he uh, is, is recovering from something. I mean, I it sounds to me like it was a stroke. I, I don't know how else to put it. Right. I, it sounds like he may have had a stroke. Uh, but I guess the things are looking up. I guess he's, he's looking fine because this week Fox announced that him and his daughter are going to have a new game show in 2024 called We Are Family. Oh, okay. Well. So who knows? He hasn't been seen in public. Right. Nobody knows. Nobody's talking. Uh, the, you know, people that are close to him just say, yeah, he says he's okay. But nobody talks about what's really going on. I got to be honest with you. I don't think I've seen a Hollywood celebrity as big as Jamie Foxx be able to keep something like this under wraps this long. I mean, it's, right. been, like, uh, it's been like five to six weeks. Usually, you're lucky if you can keep something like that under wraps for five to six hours. Yeah, no, especially with TMZ running around and stuff. All right, well, best of luck to him. We hope he's okay. Uh, last weekend, you and I were talking about some of the movies, and you reviewed The Mother, which we all, we kind of, we guffawed about and chuckled, and you know, it's like, Jay is <laughs> not a very good actress. But apparently, the country is hungering for B-grade movies. Uh, this turned out to be a smash hit, huh? J-Lo delivered for the moms on Mother's Day, baby. That's right, Mother's Day weekend. The Mother, starring J-Lo, was Netflix's biggest movie debut 
of 2023. Jeez. It was number one in 82 countries. It had 83.71 million hours viewed. It crushed everything. Everything else that Netflix has put out movie-wise in 2023. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> no accounting for taste, yeah. I guess. No accounting for taste. No, no. no. It was bigger than the Adam Sandler movie. Well, and that one I thought was, yeah. and that one I was like, oh my God, how could that be number one? Yeah. yeah well, it turns out, yeah, pe people, people love the J-Lo. People love Maybe more the than Ben Affleck does. <laughs> maybe, maybe more. All right. On to the streaming series, the Paramount Plus series. We've been talking about it coming out. The Family Stallone. You've had a chance, oh, you've had a chance to, to taste the reality of craziness in the Stallone family. <laughs> Give us the rundown. Oh dear God! So it's on Paramount Plus, and and if you don't catch it on Paramount Plus, well, MTV is happy enough to show you the episodes on Thursday nights as well. And uh, yes, it is the the life of Sylvester Stallone and his model wife and his model actress wannabe daughters in their reality program. There's nothing like the Kardashians, according to them, and it's everything like every reality program you've ever seen. Okay, now here here's the funny part. You know, there's a reason Sylvester Stallone is one of the most popular and successful movie stars in the history of the world. You know, he's charming. He's right. interesting. I, I enjoy listening to him talk. I know that you know, a lot of people make fun of Stallone's speech patterns, but, you know, he usually has something very interesting to say. And when the show is focused on him, it's pretty darn good. We get to see him hanging out with his brother, Frank Stallone. We get to see him hanging out with Dolph Lundgren. And... We see the, uh, the, the moment that you and I have been talking about for a while, the moment that Sylvester Stallone tricked Al Pacino into being on his reality program. Wow. And by his, and by his admission, they tricked him into it. You literally see this, okay? So they're out having pizza, just hanging around. Al was invited. Al shows up. He's like, what are these cameras doing here? And so they, they filmed everything. And, and, you know, Stallone's like, yeah, we, we kind of set you up, but, you know, hey, do, do you want to be in the show? And, and they said that he signed the release, like, as soon as they were done with the pizza. He's like, yeah, sure, put me in the show. So we get to see these two guys, like, hanging out and talking about, you know, their lives in the 70s and, and, and getting older and who's dying their hair and who's not. And that's funny. Oh, man. And then there are other moments of the show where they have to focus in on the, uh, on the daughters. And those moments stink, okay? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. They are like every bad reality show trope you could think of. We're well, it's one of the daughter's birthdays, and we're gonna we're gonna play a trick on. Oh no, it's dad's birthday. We're gonna play a prank on him and film it. And it'll be really funny. And it's just it's so set up and so forced yeah. and so ridiculous. And and you know, all three of the of the, of the young ladies, they know what they're doing. They're all trying to play the game. They're trying to get the attention to be the next Kim Kardashian or whoever they want to be. Right, right. And, and it's just painful to watch. Uh, that's why this, this show, as they get further and further away from Sly, gets one and a half waffles. Oof. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's a little higher than what I expected based on what you said. So it's okay. Uh, we got about uh, just under two minutes here for Fast X or Fast and Furious 10. Yes, and this is the movie that makes you go, I'm so glad Jason Momoa's in it, 
because without him, this thing would be a disaster. I mean, it's not it's not that great of a movie. Let's just be honest, okay? You know why you're watching this movie. Stuff's going to blow up. Right. There's going to be some tussles. There's going to be some fisticuffs. Car they're chases. They're going to have some yeah. awesome cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to have car chases. Yeah. And they deliver on all that. And then in comes Jason Momoa as the craziest, over-the-top, awesome you know, villain that you have seen in a long time. And they make up this wild excuse why he hates uh, all the guys in the Fast and the Furious. They claim that he's the the son of the guy they, like, killed off in, in Fast Five. And right. now he wants revenge. And uh, we see all of his crazy attempts to wipe out the gang. And, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I couldn't tell you. The, the plot, there's not much of a plot. Not here. much of They're a plot. They're jumping from city to city and stuff's happening. But I'm going two and a half waffles, and it's all for Aquaman. It's all for Jason Momoa. Just... And it's all for those scenes that you're going to see during the credits that will make you go, oh, dear God, I can't believe it. Oh, man. Well, it, I heard he had just a blast making this, and it looks like he was having fun. So I'm looking forward. It's not like you're watching Citizen Kane anyway. It's a Fast and Furious <laughs> exactly. movie. As long as you enjoyed it, that's all that mattered. All right, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Folks, we are out of time for today. Don't forget to catch us on Monday with a big radio auction starting at 8 a.m. We'll see you guys tomorrow, uh, Monday. No, I really meant Monday, because not tomorrow. Don't look for me tomorrow. I will be doing other things. Did it look like Momoa was having a good time? I mean, not, you know, being a bad guy, but, I mean, was he just relishing it or... Oh God, yeah. I mean, he's just—he—he he is bonkers in this movie. I mean, like, like you know, I—I I, I saw one guy said that this guy takes the Joker and multiplies it by ten, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what it is. He's just—he's just off his rocker, wow. and and he is just—he—he he is just hamming it up in every way you could imagine. He is loving being bad. He is loving just teasing these guys and playing with them and, and proving that, you know, his his villain character is the most dangerous guy on the planet. And it's fun to watch. And and now, you know, this is supposed to be a two-part finale right. to the Fast and the Furious uh, series. But Mr. Vin Diesel let it slip a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we might crank out a third. We, we, we might stretch yeah we we might stretch this whole thing out to three movies instead of just two i haven't made oh enough money uh, yeah, exactly well the, here's the problem though that this this the first part here it's clearly just trying to you know kill time until we actually have plot development in the second movie and so if they have that with the second movie does that mean i'm killing time in a second movie until we finally get to the third movie Wow, milking it for all it's worth. But, you know, people are yeah, going to buy I, it. I would, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would, too. Exactly. I would, too. All right. Well, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thanks, buddy. What's coming up next week? Next week, that would be the live-action version of The Little Mermaid. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm sorry. That was. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, sorry. you can. <laughs> that, was my that was my sarcasm font. I should have made that clear. All right, my friend, thanks for coming on board. We will see you next week. Folks, we are out of time. Uh, we actually, I'm actually taking next Friday off. I just remembered. Maybe we'll we'll talk to Willie. We'll see if we can get something working out. Otherwise, it'll be the week after. Back with more on Monday. We'll see you then.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.